Blog Talk Radio. Well, that wasn't the fight song, <laughs> but the uh, Memphis Tigers were definitely dancing uh, at the end of the game on uh, Saturday. So, uh, Larry, let's bring you in. Um, it didn't start the way uh, – <laughs> well, the, the game didn't well, start and, uh, the way we thought, and enough, the podcast didn't start the way we, start, we thought. Right. <laughs> I, the game didn't start well. The podcast didn't start well. But they're both going to end just fine. Um, oh yeah, and and you're you're right that the, the game did not start well. Um, and here's the, the the funny part. So that drive, that first drive, and and there was a it was a rollout, and Tune hits. Um, who was it? Was it uh, Stevenson that he hit? Marquez Stevenson. He hit yeah, Stevenson, yards. and then right, and and Stevenson spins off, and then. Uh, we did not get a good tackle. I, I don't remember the safety, but the safety uh, did not. I mean, we talked about this. Um, John and I talked about this on our show after SMU. You know, on the coxie, when you get one on one and you're and you're behind, you grab everything you can. And I'm talking jock straps and socks and shoelaces and whatever you can get your hands on. And and you just you have to be a very sure tackler right there. Um, if you give up four or five more yards, that's fine. But you cannot let him go. And it's easier said than done, but that's that's critical right there. So that's the way the game started. And um, I'll be honest, I, I I was I actually felt better after that. I know that's crazy because what you don't want is you didn't want. Um, you did. You didn't want to get stuck in the mud in Houston. You wanted yeah. it to be a trap meet. You wanted it to be because you know you don't. You don't want to have to go through what Cincinnati had to go through last night at South Florida, which we're going to talk about that. I'm sure, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying like that's not what you wanted. We wanted the Houston game to be a track meet. So anyway, yeah, it didn't start well. <laughs> No, and then, uh, you know, Memphis, uh, you know, they definitely responded. Uh, Brady White found, uh, you know, Cam Wilson for a six-yard touchdown, 7-7. And then just uh, three plays later, uh, actually, I think two plays later, uh, you know, Toon. Yeah, Toon rushed for 68 yards, practically untouched. Uh, There was one missed tackle, you know, way downfield, but only touched once. And next thing you know, you know, Houston's uh, 14-7, and it's like, ooh, starting to get nervous. But I tell you what, after that, you, you take the, those two plays, I, which was 121 yards. Right, man, and, Memphis and, and defense, we're going to talk about that. They really yep. never got – right, they really never – after because – so, so we, we – Brady threw the interception, and you're thinking, which it really wasn't an interception. It hit Coxie square in the hands, and then it tipped off of his hands. And I think if you go back and look – after the Temple game, I think every interception he's thrown has been tipped by our players. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure of that. I'll have to uh, – somebody's probably going to tweet me and tell me I'm stupid. I am that, no, there was this one. I'm like, okay, yeah, there was one. Um, but, but no, he, 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 he responded. So we held them to 
a field goal after the interception, and it's 17-7. And I'm thinking, okay, um, defensively, one of the things that we started doing, and, and this is actually what led to the, the tune touchdown, was, and I, and, I, and I tweeted this out, we started playing what we call zone underneath, which basically means that the linebackers are playing zone underneath, and, and then your, your safeties are, are – your, I'm sorry, your cornerbacks and your, your DBs on the outside are playing man-to-man. So <clears throat> what, what that means is that everything from the, from the linebackers back are playing man-to-man, but the linebackers are playing zone, and then we started zone blitzing. That's why Toon was able to make that long run. But after that, um, it really freed up, frees up your um, down linemen to make plays. And we saw that when the running game, like they really never got a running game going. Um, no. We just we just zone blitzed them into oblivion, and it it, it worked in the running game. And zone blitzes are great because you can zone blitz in a running situation and in a passing situation. However, there's an, there's one little problem with this. If the other team can get running backs or tight ends leaked, you can get behind, and that's when you get in trouble. But they never did that, and, I, and that's probably a tendency that, that Coach Fuller saw in game, t- game film and went, hmm, okay, let's, let's see if that – I mean, they they beat us on the one run where um, Toon was able to, but that was it. That was the only time. So yeah. Anyway, I mean, first quarter, uh, Houston uh, leading seventeen seven. They had uh, one hundred and forty three yards. But uh, I was saying after that, for the rest of the game, they only had one hundred and thirteen yards for the rest of the game. Uh, I mean, it was. You know, I know well, people were sweating they, early, but man. By the end of yeah, the game, we, you could really you could see. see the tide turn. Yeah, you saw the yes. tide turn, Brian. Yeah, right there. And and so and so we we come down and score the touchdown, and now it now it's seventeen fourteen. We held him to a field goal, and then um, we had the touchdown to put us up. And I believe that was, ooh, I'm trying to think which touchdown that was. Um, but anyway, it was twenty one, and then then he threw the he found Austin. For the, um, which I know we're going to talk about Austin here in a little bit, um, for the 28, because 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 Evans uh, was 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 tweeting out like I wonder if Memphis is going to slow it down. I was like, Memphis did not slow it down. <laughs> we did not slow it down. <laughs> and and we we and we actually scored um, right before half, and you could just tell like you you know you get a, a team like Houston and. We're going to see that again next week, and and you what you want to do is is you want to just sort of remove the doubt. Like, okay, you guys aren't winning this game, and um, it, they only had three offensive points after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, this was a this was a a a, a really solid win. I know that that. Houston doesn't have their full complement of players. They're playing a whole lot of kids and a whole lot of guys that um, otherwise wouldn't be playing. But um, that was a feisty little team. I mean, they gave SMU uh, all they wanted. Um, I believe they beat Temple, if I'm right. I may be wrong, but I believe they did. 
um, and, and played Cincy tough. So, um, and, and, and gave UCF a little game. So, <laughs> I was really pleased with the first half. I thought Memphis responded well. Um, you're on the road. You get down early. Absolute, Brady was absolutely flawless the whole game, but specifically in the first half. Oh, he was 22 of 33, 341 yards, five touchdowns. That that one blemish of the interception that you know we we've already established that definitely wasn't his fault. Uh, I mean his, and I, and I have to go back and check the stats. I don't think he's even fumbled since you know the, I wrote that one article where you know the the curious case of Brady White where and it shows he right. you know the, the fumbling issues. But ever since then, I mean he's been on fire. Uh, talk about yeah, him. He, what have you seen um, since early in the season? To, to, I mean, because he is just playing lights out now. He's Debbie O'Brien finalist, one of one of the uh, you know five right. QBs you know recognized. This dude just on fire. Well, a couple of things. And <clears throat> first of all, I, I, I talked to, about the fact that he he was wearing a glove now, um, and he's continued to wear that glove. And he it, it, it's probably than than physical. Okay. Um, probably, um, I think that I think I think just whatever benefit that has. I think also, and and and, and I'm I'm probably going to get a little bit of backlash for this, but I do believe this. Um, I think we lost a lot of players early in the year. We lost Pop. Um, Patrick went down, um, and you know we had to integrate. Well, Kenny Kenny was going to be a big part of the passing game, and then. He had to switch over and become your primary ball handler. So all these players that you've been sort of working with all all spring and summer, you know, all of a sudden you know, three or four of them are, are either in a different spot or they're not playing. And so they're integrating. And, and Trevion Samuel was supposed to be a big part, and that didn't has not worked mm-hmm. out. I mean, let's just face it. So now you're integrating guys like Calvin Austin, um, guys like uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson. Um, you're trying to figure out how to use Kenny out of the backfield, and I think you you saw some some change there. And 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 they've now I think for one thing he knows where those players are going to be, how they're going to run their routes, and so for every play call he has an idea of where he's going to go based on the personnel package. And I do think there was a, I do think there was a little period of time there, um, three or four games, where he was still trying to figure that out, figure out where he was going to go with the ball. And so, um, you know, all things being equal, you know, you, I, I actually said to somebody the other day, boy, I would love to play that Memphis Ole Miss game right now. That would be oh, an man. absolute barn burner right now. Because yeah, would. I think – yeah, because if you watched Ole Miss last night play LSU, I mean, you know, Rich Rod has got those guys um, doing what he likes to do um, and and Memphis with Brady playing at this level with those weapons. That would be a great game. Um, you know, we're not going to play that game again, but, but, boy, that would be a wonderful game to play again. Uh so, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go into this. Like, everybody wants a distilled, simple answer. Um, no, Brady didn't have a brain transplant after, after <laughs> you know, 
um, after the Temple game. No, and nothing like that. It wasn't. I think it was just a simple matter of confidence and getting um, familiarity with uh, the the players that he had. Yeah, and the receivers stepped up big time. I mean, we were you know we were always asking who's going to step up besides you know Demonte Cooks. Yep. And Antonio Gibson's stepping out in a big way. Uh, Calvin Austin uh, is stepping up in a big way. And then Kadarian Jones had a, a breakout yep. game, six catches for 60 yards. Uh, I mean, so these wide receivers, uh, you know, along with the confidence of, of Brady White, I mean, this is something special. This is this should bring uh, Memphis fans, you know, just plenty of confidence, you know, going into these last couple of games and going into the, uh, yeah. the American Conference Championship game if Memphis gets there. But, you know, out of the wide receivers, is there anybody that has surprised you the the most, you know, that picked up their game in the second half? There's plenty to choose from. Well, I mean, obviously Calvin Austin to me. And and he's a a huge addition because he takes the top off that defense and really stretches those safeties back. You, you know, as, as an offensive player, what you want, and and this is one of the things that's really opened things up for Kendarian Jones and, and Coxie. I love those guys, but none of those guys are burners, guys that's going to yeah. just flat out run you. The question about Calvin wasn't could he run. We knew he could run. He was on a freaking track scholarship, and he was an honorable mention All-American. He, the guy can flat run. I don't know. I'm old, so I I don't know if you guys remember. Some people will remember this. But there was there was a, a, a track star named Ronaldo Nehemiah from back in the '80s, and and he signed with the 49ers to um you know to play football. And he I think he he made it one or two seasons, but the reality was he couldn't catch the football. He's a I mean could take you know could run, but you didn't have to cover him because he you know he just wasn't a receiver. But Calvin can actually that the, the third down catch where he he jumped up and and, and went up oh, and yeah. got the ball. I mean, you know, they I think they generously list him at five eight. Um, yeah, I I think that's pretty generous. He's he's probably about five seven or five six, but tremendous tremendously gifted young man. Um, he can catch the ball in the crowd. Um, the catch. Right at the end of the first half was a, you know, he he actually got both feet down. Um, just to, uh, so if if you ask, I mean, everybody wants wants to hear about Gibson. Here's the truth about Gibson. I mean, Gibson's been around. It was the question was how were they going to use him? Um, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I mean, he's he's a great player, but he's not as fast, and he's not a guy that's gonna you know, just blow by people. I know he looked great against SMU, but that's not his game. He's not, you know, line speed. His game is he's really big and really hard to tackle. And, and I mean, I think they said he weighed 230. Um, yeah, I think he weighs a little more than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's probably closer to 240. But, I mean, he is a really big young man. And that's what makes him but, – but, yeah, in terms of just surprise, I mean, Calvin Austin's going from track star to um, probably one of the I – think, I think next year he could easily be an honorable mention all AAC. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, and, and Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, another uh, solid game. You know, quiet. I mean, you, you didn't really – 
Yeah, just 99 that yards. That, you know, yeah, 99 simple. yards out of 17 carries. <laughs> he had that 27-yard uh, run, but I, I think, you know, on the day, it's it just the uh, the passing game is just, you know, shined shined everybody. I, I mean, I'll shine the running game. Uh, one of well, he, the uh, pro football focus uh, top five, it's pretty much all <laughs> all receivers. And, and and you know, one of the things that Houston was doing is sort of what SMU was doing is that they put eight guys in the box and said, you don't have to beat us throwing the ball, and that's what we did. We beat them throwing the football. <laughs> um, I, I mean <clears> – <throat> It, it was just it was just one of those things where they they um, you know again they had decided that they weren't going to let Gainwell dictate because because one of the things that that Kenny would do and, and did do to a degree I wish he'd been able to get that extra yard by the way um, I, I, one of the things he did do was Kenny Kenny can absolutely dictate a game um, the pace of the game. And Houston, that's one thing you don't want Memphis to do is you don't want Memphis to dictate the pace of the game with their running game. And what do I mean by that? Well, so when you're running the football and you're put, you know, and your offensive linemen are pushing on their defensive front seven, you're wearing down that front seven. And um, and what you and then so, so Memphis will line up, you know, bam, he'll break off a you know, a, an 11 or 12 yard run. Then you're right back on the line of scrimmage. Bam! Here he is breaking off another seven or eight yard run. Next play, bam! He's breaking off another, you know, five, six, seven yard run. And if you'll recall, last year during the Houston game, at the end of the game, that's exactly what happened. Is that Memphis started running the football? Patrick Taylor and um, and Henderson just started dictating the pace of the play, and we just ran Houston completely out of the game. And that's exactly what Houston was trying to prevent. They said, well, we're not going to let you do that. We're going to make you, make you beat us over the top, which is exactly what we did. And running at the offense, the offensive line had an outstanding game. Uh, Brady White didn't have that much pressure. He was only sacked once. I mean, just a, a, is this the uh, game that you could really say that the offense played a complete game all four quarters? Boy, it's it's hard to pinpoint anything they did wrong. Um, you know, we we didn't we didn't probably run as effectively as Mike would would have liked, but again, you know, Brady had a, had a nice pocket for most of the game. Um, and we didn't have too many drops. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably the most complete offensive game uh, in far as efficiency goes that we've had mm-hmm. this year, which is saying something because we've had some pretty good offensive games. Tulane was pretty good now, I have to say. Tulane was a yeah. good game too. I mean, we lest we forget. I will say this, and I think this is absolutely 100% true. This was the best game offensively we played on the road. This year, and I don't think it's particularly close. And, and take away the first quarter, we can say the same thing about the defense. Uh, I mean, I think this yep. is, you know, this was a, as, as I was saying before, just a, a phenomenal defensive effort. You know, you take away that first quarter, as I said before, Memphis only gave up 113 yards, you know, <laughs> total yards. 
Uh, but uh, yeah. Xavier Collins, uh, you know, nine total tackles. Chris Claybrooks, you know, had five. I think they got pressure. Uh, they had three sacks, uh, three uh, quarterback hurries. I mean, just a phenomenal effort. Who stood out to you on defense? O'Brien. I mean, he was in the backfield more yeah, than, yeah. than than um, Dorcius was all over the field. Um, who's the kid that took uh, Austin Hall's place? Um, uh, the, 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 what's his name? Gosh, his name escapes me right now. Is it J.J. Um, Russell out of the Jake? Uh, yeah, I can't remember the, the, the but, but he played a great game. Had a Collins, couple, of, well, a couple of, let me pull that up ahead. real quick. That may have been Collins. Mm, I don't think so, but anyway, um, I'll look it up here in a second. Um, young man, that young man played a great game. Um, but yeah, the front, the front, the front four, uh, Hoff, Bryce Hoff played played his tail off. Um, I, I just thought the front four uh, played as well as they played all year. They dominated the, the, their side of the ball. Um, they freed up the linebackers, especially on the zone blitzes. They freed up the linebackers to um, uh, get to the quarterback or get to the running back. I mean, there was nowhere to run. Um, they, yeah. they just, they just, they just clogged up that, 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 that entire front, front line. And that was really the game, Brian, because once, once we took Houston's running game out of it, I mean, it, they don't really have the wide receivers to beat you downfield and they don't have the weapons outside to continually beat you. And And then it was just a matter of. Um, you know, getting to the quarterback. Um, we we got him yeah, behind Pickens the chains a, great a lot. Game too. Pickens, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, he had a couple of sacks, and again, those zone blitzes were perfectly timed. Um, this mm-hmm. was something that we really struggled with under our our our, our former defensive coordinator. And, and again, I'm not throwing stones at him. I'm just I'm just saying this is just an observable fact. We struggled with the timing of our blitzes and. These blitzes were perfectly timed. I mean, they they would come out of a <clears throat> you, you would come out of a um, a zone read. They would come out of a zone read offense, and I mean, we just blitzed right into that area where they're trying to go. And I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of it. So it was it was as as good an execution. Now again, we had a couple of lapses in the first quarter, but. You know, um, I, th- I thought that I thought Coach Fuller probably called the best game he's called all year, and then that includes yeah. the Tulane game when I thought. But I just thought I thought the way he called the game, um, he had a great game plan from from start to finish. And so the Tigers uh, go to nine and one with the uh, forty-five twenty-seven win. Uh, still controlling their own destiny with uh, U, uh, USF and uh, Cincy, um, you know, still left. Uh, looking at the line uh, against South Florida, it looks like, uh, you know, anywhere from 14.5 to 15.5 is the opening line. Uh, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, I, I I do. And, and you know, you, you just went to Houston and smacked them. You, you were a, a – a seven or ten point favorite, sorry, ten point favorite there. Smack them, yeah. You're two two touchdowns 
it's probably about right now. Again, you know, USF likes to get things in the mud, and um, that's where mm-hmm. they, you know, it, it's sort of like, um, you know, sort of like you, you're fighting with a hog, you know, and you're all muddy, and you look up, and you realize he likes it. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is where he um, – and that's – and so – I just think that if you're Memphis, you don't want this to be, you know, one of those a game like what Cincy just got drug into. You mm-hmm. want to go and and Charlie Strong defensively is, is 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 a darn good coach. I mean, it's it's you know we you can you can you know argue about his offenses all you want. I probably would, but defensively he has done i mean everywhere he's been they have good defenses this is this is not going to be i don't know what they've got left after that crushing loss yesterday that's a tough one to take but um they i mean that's a tough place to play you know it, it's crazy memphis has never gone down there and just blown out usf since our old CUSA days. Yeah. I mean, I think one time, I think one time with D'Angelo, we went down there and, and blew their doors off. But other than that, we've never really just gone down there and crushed them. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how their defensive line is good. Really. I mean, they're not too lane good, but they're good. So I'm interested to see what they come out. They don't have anything to play for. They're not going to a bowl. Um, so it's pride at this point. So it is going to be interesting yeah. to see what they show up. And their last you two games, I mean, I mean oh, well, the, if you go back three games, I mean, they beat East Carolina, but a lot of people do. But when you when they play, they played Temple tough. They only lost 17-7. And then last week against Cincy, nearly pulled it off, but Cincy won 20-17. So I mean I think this game might be you know closer than than what some people think but I mean in the end I I just like the Houston game I thought it would be close for a while but by the end of the game you know Memphis would uh, have at least fourteen to twenty point win I, I kind of see that you know, same thing scenario going with South Florida similar yeah you know hopefully yeah yeah hopefully Memphis doesn't uh, you know start off slow like they did uh, you know against Houston. Um, but uh, yeah, I think just Memphis—they they, have—they have too much power. And then after Memphis, South Florida has the uh, Warren I four. I four. War, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. That's gonna be—I think that's gonna be an interesting game. Um, but we talk about that when the time comes. But yeah, it's out. Oh yeah. And it's yeah, at it's Central at Florida, Florida too. It's at Central Florida. Okay, I was thinking of that. Yes, yeah, Central um, Florida. I'm actually gonna be—I'm gonna be in Tampa um, tomorrow, so. Um, I'm gonna, and not too far from the university actually. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be interested to see what the papers say, um, because it, you know, it's kind of different there. It's sort of like so Orlando's all all UCS and has been for a while. Um, Tampa is more of a you get sort of a conglomeration. You get Florida, mm-hmm. you get Florida State, um, not too much Miami, but but um, and USF sort of like in there, but it's not 
the main thing. Um, so it's th- that's an interesting dynamic. Um, I'm just curious to see how much what, what people are talking about with Charlie is that a, an issue? Because you know, you and I openly discussed beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. We thought that we could have several coaches be fired in the middle of the season. Um, hasn't happened. And frankly, judging from what I've seen recently, I don't think you might have a couple of coaches, but Tulsa's looked better. USF has looked better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, ECU's not going to fire anybody. They, they just hired a coach, and he's doing a pretty good job. Like they, um, Connecticut, I don't care what they do. They can fall off a cliff. Um, <laughs> They're gone anyway. Yeah, we don't care. I mean, you do whatever you want. Um, and and I and I had a I had an admin at Memphis. I talked about talked to him about UConn. Now, I, this is just a little quick side note here. And I said, I said, you know, we were just talking. About, I said, man, like, why do they just so terrible? He said, they are the strangest AD to deal with because. They want everything to be about men's and women's basketball, and you're here trying to deal with TV executives who their main focus is, and I I think everybody knows this, is always going to be football just because of sheer numbers. Mm -hmm. And UConn wants to sit around and talk about how great their women's basketball program is, which it is. It's fabulous, and and I'm I'm very, you know, they're they're a wonderful program and good for that. But when you're negotiating with, you know, TV contracts, that's not what you want to be talking about. And it's just a different. They're just different. So they were never oh, yeah. a good fit. And and I was and they and he told me straight up. He said they are not a good fit for any conference that plays football. They're just not. Uh-uh. So, um, you know, I, UConn's again, just one of those schools that's always going to be about basketball. Well, I mean, you got you got Memphis fans that think that we should be. the The problem is, now I've tried to explain this to people. A, we have a really good program, but B. And more importantly, you're in the South. You really can't. You can't mm-hmm. be that. You have to, you know, pay attention to football. And but anyway, so I just thought it, I think it's interesting, you know, that we haven't had a firing. And I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't have any inside information on what Tulsa is going to do. But I don't think they're going to fire Philip Montgomery. I think I think they're they're probably going to go another year. I don't. Think you see you see USF is going to fire Charlie Strong for a lot of reasons, but I think, but most importantly, I think they've looked better. This is not the team last year that quit, and I think no. that's what Memphis needs to understand. Like this team that that they have is is they're legit going to show up. There, I don't know if they're going to show up for all four quarters. They may roll over and die, like you know, but it, it, but. You know, you you keep, you get you get get them down, and they may just sort of like okay. You know that can happen. That happens. We saw it with Memphis. You know, 
couple of years ago in, in Fuente's second year, we had that happen. Um, but, but you know, as 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 a program, I think I think they have some positives, and they are tough. They are, they, you know, and that's the one thing Charlie will always have is a tough team. And uh, there's no, even though there's speculation out there with Mike Norvell being, you know, linked to other jobs. You know, when you look back and compare it to Fuente, you don't see any drop off as far as play. And I think that's because, you know, Norvell has always said he's upfront and honest with his players about the situation. Um, so, I mean, let, let's go into it a little bit. Do you feel sure. that there's any job out there opening right now that would be cause for concern? FSU would be the only one if they offer him the job. I, I think that would be, he'd have to, I think he would take, I think he'd stop and look at that one. I, I feel the same I way. I, don't, the ES, yep. I thought the ESPN guys last night laid it out pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I think you and I are, are in 100% agreement on this. And I think, I think we both know that this is true. If he agrees to stay, he will become the highest paid coach um, or at least be matched to the highest pay coach in the G5, and he he yes. will his contract will. Um, I know he told Memphis what he wanted. I do know this for a fact, and um, and my understanding is that that Memphis is willing to step up to most of what he wants. Um, I think what you're probably going to if if Florida State were to offer. You know, five, five and a half million over five years. Um, you know, at Florida State, you'd probably stop and look at that. I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't mind it if he did. At the same time, if Memphis is going to pay you three and a half to three point seven, you know, the question is, is, and this is what the ESPN guys point out. Is that million and a half per year worth taking the chance? Because I know one of the things that he told his assistants, and I know this for a fact, is that you know he doesn't want to be. You know, he looks at Scott Frost. Not that not that Frost is in trouble or going to lose his job or anything like that, but it's it's a struggle. Like he's, you know, Frost has taken some L's at Nebraska. It's not. It hasn't been easy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Justin. I, Justin's taken some L's at Virginia Tech. It it hasn't been easy. Like he's, you know, he's catching some heat. And um, obviously Willie Taggart and and um, Chad Morris. I mean, you 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 and I talked about this sort of off air. And Chad. I mean, what's Chad going to be? You know, wh- what's his um, look at and I, I and I don't think uh, Mike's ever mentioned this guy, but Butch Jones, Butch Jones was hot when he was at Cincinnati. Oh yeah. And um, now, you know, if you let, let me say it like this: if Mike does in fact leave for Florida State, how would Memphis fans feel if Butch Jones was a candidate? I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Butch was awesome when he was at Cincinnati. 
awesome. Like they were really, really good when he was at Cincinnati. So, I mean, how would Tiger fans feel about that? Probably not good. That's what happens to your rep when you go to a school like that and fail. So in Florida State, good job. It's a really good job, but it's not easy. I mean, no, it's, it's not. not easy. Here's a little and news that I I wasn't aware of real quick on Norvell and FSU. Okay. The uh, Warchant.com, the rival site for uh, FSU, is reporting that there was an interview slash meeting between uh, Florida State reps and uh, Mike Norvell. Okay. Uh, and that what happened supposedly. Um, now they didn't say when, but they just re- they reported it yesterday that you know it has happened, and that they're going to they have to move Norvell's you know name higher on the the hot board. So that tells me that if there if that truly was a meeting, you know, introductory whatever. Sure. Mike might not be the you know on the top list. Maybe just gauging interest. You know, would you be interested in this? So that's just something to look for. That uh, they're already reporting that uh, a meeting or an interview was held. And, and 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 when this happens, it's probably not a direct contact. It's as you well know, it, yeah. it could be. It can be direct contact, like like Justin had with Virginia Tech. That can happen, um, but normally it doesn't. Normally. It's indirect between, you know, a, a guy's rep and Florida State, and in this case it would be uh, Sexton. Well, probably not, probably not Jimmy, but somebody with in Jimmy's yeah. organization. And and that and so that's and that's fine. Look, hey, look, think of, for for Tiger fans, just think about it like this. You know, if if there was an opening at another company. This happens to me probably once a month. Um, somebody will email me, hey, you know, we got this this job and such and such, and um, and I'll go, okay. You know, sometimes I just go, no, thank you, yeah, I'm not interested. But then sometimes I go, okay, uh, all right, I'm I'm still I'm still here, and yeah. they'll shoot me some numbers or whatever, and I'll go, no, I'll just go away. No, thank you, not interested. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here. I'm simply saying that's there's no different than what Mike's doing. You know, hey, look, there's a big job out there. FSU's a good job. It's a darn good job. That's probably no. It is. Of, it, has, it has the recruiting base, and if you're Mike yeah. Norvell, you want to go into a situation where if if you leave Memphis because he's at a he has a a, a great gig right, right now. Right now, you can go in and turn around. FSU pretty quickly, and you really only have to beat or really worry about one team right now in the ACC. I mean, it's Clemson. Yeah, I mean, but that but the, you can turn yeah, around. That one quickly team is, is, a, is a damn Death Star, man. I mean, you're, you're, you're fighting <laughs> Darth Vader over there. <laughs> but but I mean, look, here's the reality. Like if you if you do a good enough job, you know, it, look. Legitimately, and you and I have talked about this many times, there's probably 12 or 14 schools in the whole country that you can legitimately say you can win a national championship. And Florida State's one of those schools. And if you can get that job, you, you know, you should probably take that job because 
you know, that's, that's what it's all about is winning a national championship. So I don't, I don't blame him for looking at that job. Now, again, there's a lot to gauge there. Are you going to be given enough time? You know, to actually do yeah. that. Um, you know, and that's the key. Like, that's not going to be an overnight sensation. You say he can turn them around pretty quickly. That he can turn them around where they're not a laughing stock, pretty quickly. Well, yeah. But to actually, yeah, because you're in that, uh, you're in the same division as uh, you know, as, as Florida State. Um, I. Yeah, you're not gonna turn around. Yeah, to be respectable, but yeah, you're not uh, you're not overtaking Clemson anytime soon. No, uh, I mean unless Saban retires tomorrow, and you know, then I mean, which not going to happen. But my point is, like, that's not happening anytime soon. But you know, you can turn them around to where they're respectable. They're beating the people they're supposed to beat. And playing the way they need to play because that team's the most one of the most undisciplined teams in college football. Um, so look, I, I hope I hope he gets. I still don't think it's going to be him. I don't. I will tell everybody that to listen. Um, it mm-hmm. might be. It might be like they may they may decide Mike Norvell's the guy. Boom. Okay, great. You know. Um, I think Will Venable's going to get a chance. I think there's going to be some people that have got to say no before Mike gets the gig. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think they're – and no inside info, but I, I think their top choice may be Matt Campbell. I mean, I think he would okay. fit there as well. But I, um, That's another that's – another, there's another tremendous coach. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, P.J. Fleck is going to go somewhere at some point. Um I, I just I know he just signed a big extension at Minnesota. I don't think that means a thing. Um, no, I think I think USC is going to open. Out for Minnesota yeah, I mean, the, yeah, that's that's all it means. Um, and if USC decides they want PJ Fleck, then you know I I have no idea who who USC is going to hire. But um, I just it this is going to be an interesting coaching carousel again. But I gotta be honest. Like, I think you're right when you say 65 percent. I still think that's probably about right. That's what um, I was about to ask you. Has your percentage changed? No, I, I still think you're right. I think you know I still put it at better than 50-50. Now again, you know, if Florida State, you know, comes at you, you you gotta say yes. Um, I mean, I would, but I mean, I I. I could totally see – let me put it a different way. I don't think he's going to USC. I don't think USC is going to reach out to him, and I don't think he's going there. And yeah, I don't think so he either. Coached at, he coached at Arizona State. Yeah, that's probably why he's not going to USC. But anyway, um, I, you know, that's a, an interesting thing, uh, dynamic. He, just because you coach in the Pac-12 for a couple of years doesn't mean – you know that you're a Pac-12 guy. Yeah. He, yeah. So he's 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 a Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas guy. That's his background. You know, and I would be surprised if he doesn't stay in the South. Um. 
I still like one of the one of the scenarios that got laid out to me. It was by a local radio guy. Was this? Um, so uh, Franklin leaves Penn State and goes to USC because that's sort of a thing. I don't I don't know who's been saying that, but somebody's been saying that. Um, if you're Franklin, why would you leave Penn State to go to USC? I don't get that. Yeah, but that's um, and Penn State then hires. Jay Moorhead. Why would Penn State hire Jay Moorhead? I have no idea, other than he was there before. And then now you've got State open. Would Norvell leave Memphis for State? That's interesting to me because I've said that would be Mm -hmm. a job I'd be like, hmm. I could see Mike doing it for a couple of reasons. Um, I I think he'd be comfortable at State. It wouldn't be a big you know, shift for him geographically. He knows how to recruit Mississippi. I could see him turning it down because it's got the same warts that Arkansas has. Maybe, maybe not mm-hmm. the same, but similar. You're playing for third or fourth in your own division at best. I mean, that. I mean, so I don't know. That that was a, a situation laid out to me. I don't believe any of that. But anyway. That's that's what – so we've got another huge game next week in the American that doesn't involve Memphis. And I didn't know if you were going to go through all the American games next week. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead and start it. I think you know which game I'm talking about. SMU has to go to Navy mm-hmm. in Annapolis. The Navy's coming off the Notre Dame game, um, and they, you know, obviously they got down early. That's tough for them to catch up, but they still had a respect. I think it was forty-eight to thirty. Was that right? Was I thinking right? Something like that. Um, uh, fifty-two. I mean, it was a respect. Fifty-two twenty. I'm sorry, not nearly as close as I was thinking. Um, but still, I mean, you know, they. You know, it was that a Notre Dame team second is, half because yeah, if you just take the second yeah. half score, Navy won. I'm sorry, Notre Dame won 17-14. So take away the first half because Navy started terrible, but yeah, just the second yeah, half it was, was very respectful. Well, the, and, and that Notre Dame team's really, really good. I mean, that was a team that was in the playoffs last year. That's a really good team. And, you know, they'd probably beat everybody in the AAC, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But anyway, so you've got you've got SMU going to Navy. They're ticked off, and they're really, really good. So my question for you is this: Who wins? It's good three way tie: Memphis, SMU, Navy, and SMU and Navy. One of them's going to win. If it was at SMU, I would say SMU. I just have a gut feeling that Navy's going to pull this one out. Because uh, it's at Navy, they're they're really ticked off. They played well in the second half against Notre Dame. I just I really think Navy may be able to pull this one out. I don't think it's going to be a pull them out. I think they're going to boat race them. I do. <laughs> um, I don't think SMU can stop them. I really don't. I I think I think I think it's going to be and and one of the things that you have to have coached against Navy a couple of times. 
to be able to you have to see them a couple of times to really be able to play them. It's tough. And, and you know, SMU Memphis did never, not have a good game against East Carolina either. Nope. Did not look good. They they looked like they had a little bit of a hangover. Um, you know, from – and I know, you know, they played the week after Memphis, but I'm just saying they, they look like they're they're still a little hungover from that. Um, I, Memphis has never beaten Navy in Annapolis, ever. And – I'm telling you, that team, they will absolutely if – you, if you don't stay right on top of them for 40 minutes, they will, mm-hmm. they will just kill you. Um, I, I, th- I think Navy wins this game, which is interesting because if Navy wins, then that means that they've got one loss in the conference. Yep. We've got one loss, but we have the tiebreaker above them. So that keeps the pressure on us. We have to win. Um, we have to win. And then assuming, and I, you can look it up. Who do they have the last weekend of the season? After Ryan, Na- after, after SMU, they had they traveled to Houston, to finish up the conference schedule. Then obviously a couple of weeks later, Army Navy right, game. The interesting thing here is Memphis would then have to, assuming um, whoever wins next week, Memphis mm-hmm. would have to beat Cincinnati on that Friday. Have to. Yes. Um, because, you know, and then Houston is going to close the season. Well, I can tell you right now that last game of the season, Houston's going to be less than enthusiastic. <laughs> about mm-hmm. about being there, um, you know. So it's interesting. Like, I think Navy wins, and if Memphis loses, then Navy would go and play Cincy. Yep, in Cincy because so you know this. There's no there's no if SMU loses. I heard somebody go, "Well, if SMU loses, well, it really takes the pressure off of." No, not really. <laughs> That's right. And people forget that Navy has lost. It, it, they've only lost two games, right? Yeah, they, it, to two us games. And, you know, uh, Notre Dame. Dame and Memphis, yep. Right. Only two games they've lost. So that's, and they could backdoor I mean, into the you, championship. They could. They absolutely could because because of that Magnifico call in Temple. That's how close Memphis is to being undefeated mm-hmm. right now. And if we were undefeated, do you think we'd be in the top? You think you think we'd be top ten? It'd be close. Uh, it would be very be close. very close. Because you've got you two wins right over ranked Florida. teams. Yeah, you would have yeah two wins over ranked teams. So that that would definitely put you, in my opinion, put you over Michigan, who's at eight and two. Minnesota's at eleven. Um, they're nine and one. You know, I would put them over that. And their Florida schedule is State. softer than frickin' Tishy. Yes. I mean, they they, you know, uh, uh, no, they, they beat Penn State. They beat the pants off of them. I, I, I'm not gonna say that. And then, of course, obviously they lost to Iowa, at Iowa, which a lot of people lose to Iowa at Iowa. 
Um, yeah, I'd say they'd be right there but, around 10 or 11. Yeah. Be right there. That's how close. If you got that win in your back pocket, well, now none of this is probably not as big a deal. But it is yeah. absolutely going to be. You got to go. You got to take care of care of business next week. And like I said, I um, you USF that is not going to be a pushover. No. Yeah, no. you know. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I just, I absolutely would not allow myself to look past next week because that team is really rugged. They're not. I had somebody go, they're a good team. I was like, they're not a good team, but they're tough. And, you know, when you're going to the end of the year, you don't want tough. (laughs) You don't want, you know, you don't want somebody that you're going to have to get into a straight fight with. Unfortunately, we got And I can honestly see a scenario (laughs) if you go out and lose against South Florida, the weight and the pressure and the disappointment, I can see them turning right around and losing to Cincy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And winding up 9-3, which is, I mean, after the way the season started, it would be not a failure, but just a letdown because of the way the season started. Well, yeah, and then you end up, you know, probably in Boca or somewhere like that. You know, Um, that would be a disappointment. So, you know, but at the same time, like I said, you know, this is is big boy football. I mean, that's what, you know – for years and years and years, that's what Tiger fans wanted. We want we mm-hmm. want the end of the season to matter. Well, guess what? It matters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it matters a lot. <laughs> so, so you know, um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think that these kids are focused, and I think offensively they are playing so well right now that I just don't see any way South Florida has the weapons to stay with Memphis. I just don't see it. Yeah, but, yeah the way Memphis you know. played against uh, Southern Miss, I, I'm just – that's why I, I, yeah, I, I won't say, you know, or entertain the what-ifs too much because I, I thought, you know, it would be a very, very – it may end up being a close game, but Memphis really hammered, you know, Southern Miss. If they can do that to that team, you know, I feel I feel confident that you know they should win these last two games and get into the uh, AAC conference, um, Boy, you know, yeah, championship. I, I, you know, you you got to look. You've got you know. I was actually after the game yesterday. I got another one. Well, you got two more games and then the big game. Um, you, you know what you want? What you want to do is is it's sort of like, and we all have this like, you know, when when you've got it going, like don't don't touch anything. Don't do anything. And, and if you think players don't do this, you're crazy. Because when I was in, oh. when I was a, I can't remember, I was a junior or a senior. One of the years we got on a big run. We won like seven straight games. And it, and Brian, it got to the point where we went to the same restaurants every day of the week. I mean, like like everybody knows, like your college has like different places you eat, right? Like you have different. Um, like you know, cafeterias and stuff, right? There's not just one cafeteria. There's a whole bunch, right? And so mm-hmm. we would go to the same ones that we ate at every week. We go to this one on Monday, this one on Tuesday, this one on Wednesday. We go out for pizza on Thursday. It's the same pizza place. Get the same food. I mean, and it was like you. 
it was to the, to the point, and and I can and I can tell you, I know for a fact our quarterback wore the exact same underwear every day of the week. <laughs> Not the same pair, but the, the same one. He would wear the same five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's how it, it 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 just got to the point where um, we were trying to do the same. You know, we didn't want to change anything. You know, I'm not saying we're superstitious, but you don't want to walk away from the game going, shoot, if we had just done that, you know. I mean, no. So, so that's exa- – I mean, dude, I'm telling you, like, players get this way. Um, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm I, had, I had one I dude that went after the same, the the same level, three girls. <laughs> he, would go, he, would go, he would go out with the same three girls on the same night every week. <laughs> he was like, no, nope, not breaking this jinx. I'm not the jinx here. <laughs> <laughs> so think I mean, about this scenario it, it, real quick. Yeah. Do you think it'll be Memphis and Cincy in the uh, AAC championship game? Probably. But but we we laid out that scenario at the beginning of the year, if you'll recall. Mm-hmm. Here's here's one I mean, that the very is first, a possibility. Very first I, I'm I'm looking at the the games now. Um, Memphis beats. Uh, South Florida, you know, and then goes play Cincy. Cincy has to play Temple. What if, just what if, Cincy loses to Temple, that would mean Cincy has one loss. Then they have to travel to Memphis. Memphis wins, that means Cincy has two losses. Then you look at Temple. Obviously, Temple would beat uh, Cincy this week. They travel, uh, or they're they're at home against UConn. They win that. Temple has the... uh, the tiebreaker against Cincinnati, boom! It would be UCF. Oh, Temple, got, but UCF would have two losses too, yeah. wouldn't they? Assuming they yeah, went out. And, and Temple lost to Central Florida. Let's see who Central Florida has left. Would they? They would have to lose to either Tulane or South Florida in the last two games, which is a possibility. I would much rather see Central Florida here. Than Temple. Yeah. Well, all I'm mostly is because the, I want to just the Memphis... skull drag those, sorry, those wimpy little dudes up and down <laughs> the Liberty Bowl, and I want their little mm-hmm. arrogant, stupid AD to have to sit there and watch while we, you know, drag their national championship asses all over the city. You know, <laughs> I mean, just so for people that don't know. The AD at UCF is – and, Brian, you've been to the meetings. You know. It gets, mm-hmm. they're, they're really arrogant. They're really, really arrogant. Um, and, 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 you know, it's fine. No, it's not. But, but it, it is what it is. So I would rather have UCF. But, look, you know, if Temple wants to come back here, I think that, that would be a great storyline too with the Magnifico catch and – the whole thing that'd be a great storyline too. So yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying is the, no gimme there. The I, may not be the no foregone conclusion. Oh yeah. Temple is no gimme, but if you ask me to put money on it, I put money on Cincy. Um, oh, I would too. Simply, I mean, where's the game at? Is it is it at Cincy? Cincy and who? Temple. Yeah. Cincy and Temple in Philly, at Temple. Seven p.m. I mean, there'll be like at, there'll be three hundred people there, but still, I mean, that's man, that's not that's a 
So I mean, I mean as soon one as thing the, about the, uh, the, the <clears throat> Temple gets you at Temple gets you up there, and it becomes a street fight, man. I mean, they're breaking out brass knuckles and stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, after the uh, Memphis USF game, I think everybody will be tuning into that Cincinnati Temple game just to just to see if Temple can uh, pull off a shocker. Whoo! Yeah. I mean, uh, they, if they pull that out, and then since he got it, man, they got to come to Memphis. And now you talk about some tight booty holes. I mean, there'll be all kind of tight booty holes in the Liberty Bowl, both sides. Um, but you know, we got to get, we got to take care of our business first. And Absolutely. and uh, like I said, Charlie Strong and company are are are, are they're, they're going to be tough. And they're not. Like I said, said I don't think they're a good team, but they're a tough team. And a tough team can be dangerous. That is true. And. Um... Yeah, like you said, Memphis has to take care of their business. Um, before we go, we'll get our uh, our faithful caller, Rowdy Rod, in here with his thoughts uh, before we get out of here. Rowdy Rod, in there. What's going on, gentlemen? Larry, you've done a great job tonight. Brian, too. Man, I really appreciate y'all letting me come on again. You know, Larry, you said something what do you think that about? I was talking about. Huh? Oh, hey, look, you pay Larry it. said something about <laughs> – Larry said something about bringing little uh, UCS little golden what was it golden butts or something up here. You know, I would really like to see that game also. But one thing I want to I, I like to point out, and Brian, I'm going to kind of give you kudos to uh, naming Cal- Calvin Austin as one of those players that might be, you know, shining through the you know the the um, uh, you know this season. And I'm just really proud to see that he has has actually really actually started to producing a lot, you know, and uh, to get, get a scholarship offer and all that, like that scholarship offer and everything else was just absolutely wonderful. But, uh, you know, the one thing I saw in this game, and a lot of times I'm hearing people out there, not you guys, but other people out there, we've had a couple of games there where we've had to make some adjustments or we've kind of gone down in that, in that first, you know, first quarter. I think, you know, our defensive coordinator and our players – are really doing a good job on the defensive side of the ball of recognizing what they need to change. And it's normally I see that shift in that first four or five, you know, a couple of possessions, you know, a defense, you know, when they're on the on defense is, is mm-hmm. on the field in those first couple of possessions of the opponent, just kind of right there in that second quarter. And then they come out and, and then they come out in the second half and it's just like a completely different defensive unit. They made some adjust and adjustments, and they just kind of fine-tuned them at the end. I don't know if y'all agree with that, but I've just kind of noticed that throughout a little bit. A couple of games where it was, they were just a different defensive unit when they came out in that second half for sure. But really in the, in the second quarter, you know, um, I was really pleased. Yeah. I was standing there. I was at work I was at work yesterday and was bouncing back between looking at it on the cell phone and, 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 a, and a TV. And, and uh, a buddy of mine was standing there with me at work and says uh, – we we had just thrown that ball to Calvin Austin. I think he jumped about eight feet in the air. I don't know how I don't know how high that guy went up, but I know he came back over the top of another player. Maintained, they did call him down. I think his hand went down and some, you know, or maybe his knee. But um, it was funny. Was was now we got the ball down there in striking distance. Buddy of mine looked over at me. Tommy looked over at me. He says, "They need to throw that back. They need to throw that ball back over to that rabbit that just jumped up in the air and caught it." Well, I'll be doggone if he didn't hit. Antonio Gibson, 
and Antonio Gibson just lost himself into the end zone going over the top of a defender. And I thought that was really a great series for us. You know, y'all were talking about how well the receivers are doing. But, you know, that offensive line is, has done a really good job also. I'm really proud, you know, to see how they've grown from the first few games of the year. And then Brady White, I, th- I don't know if y'all saw the tweet from Scott Foreman, but uh, Scott Foreman put out there, you know, Brady, Wright's num- Brady White is the uh, fourth uh, number four all uh, number four in passing, all-time passing at the University of Memphis. And we've still got a couple more games to go this year and mm-hmm. the whole season next year. It's, you know, that kid's probably going to break some really good records, and I'm glad to see that he's coming along. You know, everybody was down on him kind of on that front half. And I really, you know, I just really think that they've done a really good job in growing and developing on the field. It's a completely different ball team, and I think y'all would agree, than when we played Ole Miss and those, I guess it was Georgia Southern or Southern Alabama, whoever it was. Um, it's just completely – it looks like a completely different team to me, you know. Um, it was really uh, – I wasn't too nervous. A lot of people were nervous when we went down. You know, we went down, and it was like 14-7, and then it went 17-7 and that kind of stuff. I wasn't really all that nervous about them because I figured they would, you know, make those adjustments and everything. So, you know, one thing is is, is I'm just real proud of the team. You know, they've done a really, really good job. Uh, I would like to see a UCF and Memphis at the Liberty Bowl because I think we would have the better record. I think – hey, Larry, or, or uh on the how do they decide where the home? I mean, how, how do they decide where the championship game is played? I've looked at it, can't remember, and and I also get it boggled up in my mind. What what what? what how does that happen? How does that work? Better well, it's it's conference it's record, record. conference record, and then if it's if it's even, then you you go through head to head, and then obviously if you don't play head to head, then you go to comparative records against teams that you did play. So okay. Um, so in this case, we, if, if the scenarios that we've laid out, if Memphis wins out and they beat Cincinnati, then they would have the head-to-head win over Cincinnati. The two teams would have one conference loss, but Memphis would have the head-to-head. So then they would host um, on situation scenarios. The other scenarios that we laid out, um, assuming Memphis wins this week, Memphis will either host. Or not play in the conference championship. There's no right. middle ground. So um, now, as far as other scenarios, there was a scenario a couple of years back where um, it may have even been last year, um, but UCF had the head hit. There was a couple. There was one scenario several years ago. Memphis wasn't in it. It was Temple and Navy, I believe, and they had not played, but. It came down to the fact that the, the second-place teams in each division, they had played, and Temple had a better record. And so they hosted to right. beat Navy. So that's gotcha. – it, it really is it, – that's how it works. But this year, again, for Memphis, as far as Memphis fans are concerned, Memphis will either host or we will not be in it. It's either or, basically, is what you're, what you're, what you're saying. Yeah, Memphis so got it. We're in it. We're in it, and we got we hosted, or we're not in it, and then we're we're going somewhere else to play ball. So <laughs> we got an extra week off. So you know, a couple of things, um, Cotton Bowl. You know, of course, all these predictions and things like that. You know, the 
the one thing I just I, I really want to see, okay, and as far uh, and I want to talk about one more thing real quick. I just want Memphis, okay, to have the shot, have that opportunity, you know. And like Larry said, we would be an undefeated team, nine and zero, and it was basically over, you know, a catch, you know, a disputed catch, you know. And I'm not going to get into that and, and that kind of stuff. But then the next thing is, is you know, that would have probably locked us into uh, more like a Cotton Bowl, okay, and also the championship games. But the next thing I wanted to talk about was like normal. You know, you were talking about FSU and all these different little post spots all over the place. You know, in percentages, I think somebody did – did I misunderstand? Y'all said like a 65% chance. Is that what you were thinking, Larry, that, that he might take that job or at the FSU? No, 65% or chance that – chance that he stays in Memphis. Oh, he stayed in Memphis, yeah. You know, and right. that's, yeah, that's what we're thinking. Not, that's yeah, what you know, was that's, on the website. That was what was Brian had posted on TSR, and okay. um, and and we both agreed that as of today, that has not changed. Okay, all right. You know, and, you know, of course, you know, um, you know, if he does move on, you know, it, we can't we can't change that, right? But at the same time, you know, I know Memphis is, is well enough that they're going to reload. We got a tremendous amount of talent, you know, coming back. Um, I don't think he carries too much talent with him. You know, I don't think he would. Um, you know, there may be a few players, younger players, that would maybe transfer out. But overall, you know, whoever comes in is coming in for layup. You know, and we're not. I don't even want to talk about somebody coming in, but you look at it, they're they're coming in with a layup. You know, and as long as they they're offensive minded and and they want. to, you know, just kind of carry the torch until they can fil- you know, filter more players through and that kind of stuff. I mean, whoever takes this job is just like normal taking it for Fuente. You know, it was it was just seamless, you know. I mean, he just came in and started winning, you know. Uh, he, he's not had a losing season here. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I mean, I think Memphis is a, as a school, as a university, is in a really good spot. Um, it's going to be difficult. You know, fans are going to go crazy and this, that, and the other. Nobody wants to lose a coach. But at the same time, the carousel started. We've already seen it. And, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is, is you know, everybody's thinking he's going to go to Arkansas. I don't see that happening. Larry, you may, y'all made no. some really good points about FSU that I didn't even think about. So that was awesome, you know, awesome information. But, anyway, I really appreciate y'all letting me come on and just talk to you guys for a minute. And, you know, I really, I really think that, you know, y'all do a, ph- a phenomenal job. And the next thing is, is we got to go out there and just win these next two games and let it play out, right? <laughs> yes. You know, absolutely. You know, and so anyway, but hopefully we'll we'll be able to knock these two games out, win them. You know, and Larry, you all have a good one, Brian. Thank you so much, brother. Didn't know you was in Connecticut for a few days. So anyway, y'all have a great day. All right, take care. That was Rowdy Rod, uh, weekly caller. All right, end of the game. We both think Memphis wins. Mm. What do you think the score is going to be? Yeah, I think Memphis is going to win this game. The, the, here's the question is going to be, um, can Memphis dictate the pace of the game? I think mm-hmm. I think they will ultimately uh, run the football pretty well. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than probably what we've seen recently, but I still think it's going to be um, – I think Memphis is going to win this one 41-17. to 17. Pretty close to what I have. I have Memphis winning thirty-eight twenty-one. So, 
should be a good game. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Memphis. Yeah, it's gonna win. be a good game. Please watch, tune in. It, the, the game time has been set. Ryan, uh, uh, remind me, is it at three, 3 o'clock? PM. Yep, 3, 3 o'clock. p.m. Central. It's on ESPNU. ESPNU. ESPNU, and uh, 3 o'clock. You and John uh, have a podcast Tuesday night. Do you have any special guests? Tuesday here? night, John and I will be on. You'll probably hear I'm, – I'm going to talk a co- about a couple of things that we didn't talk about um, and today, and we're going to – no, John, John wants to – Get into the whole Brady White thing. We're going to get mm-hmm. this guy pretty deep into um, Brady and um, what if Brady stays, what could his final career numbers really look like? Oh, he would be pushing Danny Wimprine. He would. I mean, he's already fourth, sixty-one forty-eight. As I think as of right now. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I don't think there's any question, but. You know, we'll see. Like, you guys will talk about it. Deep dive. Yeah, we're going to do a really deep dive into it um, because I think what you're going to be seeing is something very historic. Absolutely. That'd be great. Uh, So look for that Tuesday night at 7 p.m., correct? Yes, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. Um, You'll follow me on at Cubs Tigers Grizz, and uh, I can't remember John's handle. I'm sorry. Uh, he changes every year, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bunch of numbers too. <laughs> but, but, but follow, I'll follow me it. at Cubs Tigers Grizz, and and I, I promise you, I'll tweet out the link. Um, and we are also, you can also find just like with yours, um, you can find us wherever you get podcasts. Um, you can download our podcast. Definitely. All right. Until next week, uh, we'll see you later. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All righty.